I'm Carly Welfley. And, and how old are you? Nine. And why is Jesus better than anything else? Because he create us all, created us all. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world and the hope of living with him forever so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else and why he wants you to join him. boys and girls, and welcome to... Remember what you promised last week, Miss Alicia? I've been listening all week along for, for Samuel. All the stories about Samuel and Saul and David and... Oops, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Mom says it's not kind to interrupt people when they're talking. It's okay, Finn. I was just telling the boys and girls how glad I am that they're listening today. And since they can't join me on the show, I'm glad I have you here to help me. What do you have there, Finn? Oh, this? My mom printed out the book of 1 Samuel, the new inter- international readers version, and put it in this binder for me. Because your kind of paper will just fall apart on my fish tank. I even have some special colored pencils. That's great, Finn. It looks like you're ready to start. So let's dive in. Dive in, but I'm already underwater. Oh, right. Let's start by talking to God. Father, thank you so much for giving us your word so that we can get to know you better. Would you help us to look to you each time we feel frustrated or confused or discouraged? Would you open our hearts, eyes, and ears? Amen. Okay, what should I use this green-colored pencil for? We'll get to that. But first, let's find some answers to a few questions. I know. What does it say? What does it mean? And how should it change me? Those are our main questions, Finn. But I'm going to pull out my ESV study Bible to figure out things like who wrote First Samuel, when it was written, and to who, and how it fits into God's big story in the whole Bible. Let's see. It says here that 1 Samuel was written by, well, we don't know. Oh no, we're never going to get all our answers now. Finn, remember what we said about having patience and that it's okay if we don't find all the answers? It says here that Samuel was the main guy God used when the Israelites started having kings as leaders. He anointed Saul And then David. He probably left some written records, but couldn't have written the whole book, because in 1 Samuel 25, it talks about his death. Hmm, I see their point. Well, when was it written? It says here that it was probably put together in several stages, like certain stories were written down and then others added a little bit later. Some stories focus on Samuel and others on Saul and David. So it was probably finished being put together in the late 10th century B.C., which was when King Solomon's son Rehoboam was king. 
It was written for the Israelites to read starting when David had become the king of the Israelites. And 1 Samuel is made up of a bunch of stories, which are called narrative. When I'm in Sunday school, Miss Bubbles tells lots of stories that are in the Bible. Bowen Pastor Sharp Beaches, he's a porcupine fish. He re- reads a lot of things that Jesus said with this guy named Paul. But they're not always stories. Remember when we talked about the style of the book of the Bible? About three quarters of the Bible is written in stories called narrative. And the stuff Pastor Sharp preaches from is probably Jesus' words in the Gospels or the missionary Paul's letters he wrote to some churches. Oh, well, I like the stories the best. But why does Seeker Arthur write these stories in First Samuel? It says here in the study notes that the stories all show how it happened that Israel started having kings rule over them and how David was prepared to sit on the throne after Saul. God commanded the kings to obey his word. But they couldn't do it right. Right. That's why Jesus, the Messiah King, came to completely obey God the Father all the way until he died on the cross. I'd rather have Jesus as my king than mean King Seth. Do you remember the story of Gideon and the other judges God sent to the people of Israel each time they quit following God and another nation made them slaves? Yeah, and it, God made all those men scared, start fighting each other. When all Gideon had was a few men and some torches and trumpets. Yep. Just as God kept helping the Israelites through the book of Judges, the books of 1st to 2nd Samuel show God's care for his people by raising up a king who was supposed to be their champion and example. But Saul kept disobeying and wasn't the kind of king God wanted for his people. Even though David failed at times, He was chosen to be the beginning of a line of kings all the way until the true and best ruler, King Jesus, would come to lead Israel in bringing blessing to all the nations. And the oceans around them. That's right. Now this time I used the ESV Study Bible to find some answers. But another resource you can use with your parents is called The Bible Project. If you type in The Bible Project followed by the book of the Bible on youtube.com. You can watch a video answering some of these same questions we just read about. And it has some cool pictures to go along with it too. Okay, now we're ready for our first main question. What does it say? What does it say? What does it mean? And how should it change me? Ooh, I know. I've been listening to 1 Samuel before I go to bed each night. So this little baby Samuel being born. And, and how he grows up and hears God speaking to him. And how the Ark of the Cuff is stolen by those nasty Philistines. But God gets it back for the Israelites. The Israelites still want God to be their king. And get it Saul instead. But he isn't a really good king. And as they keep trusting God... And God chooses another guy named David. 
And even Samuel's surprised. But David becomes famous because he's a really good soldier. And Saul gets so jealous he tries to kill David. But God keeps David safe. And in the end, Saul is the one who gets killed by the Philistines. Wow, you definitely have been listening to these stories, Finn. If you're reading a narrative book, it's a great idea to tell your mom or dad about the important stuff that happens in the book you're studying. And then you can just go back and start at the beginning, looking at it story by story. I got my favorite for chapter one. Good. Let's start there. Since you already listened to the story, do you want to just tell it back to me? Sure. I probably won't get all the names right. Because they aren't as easy to say as the kids in my class. It's okay, Finn. Who's the first story about? This guy named Elkanah has two wives, which is pretty weird. And their names are Hannah and Penina. Penina had lots of kids, but Hannah didn't. She was really sad. Since they used to kill animals as sacrifices to God, Elkanah brought his family each year to worship God. And even though Elkanah gave Hannah twice as much meaning of the sacrifice as his other wife, because Hannah didn't have any kids, she was still sad. That Penina later was really mean for, to her, too, and made fun of her because she didn't have any kids. One time when they were there, Hannah came up there to play and started crying and said, Lord, if you remember me, give me a son. I'll give him back to you as a special helper. The priest was watching her cry. And thought she was drunk, but she told him he, she wasn't. She was just really sad and telling God about it. Then she left him feel better. And God gave her that son she wanted. She named him Samuel. And when he got a little older, she took him to the priest and said, God has listened to her crying prayer. And that he would be given back to God. Be a special helper. Like that? But I don't get why Hannah did that. And why O'Connor had two wives in the first place. That's perfect, Finn. Now I know you really listened to the story, and we can keep getting to your questions. We can look on our paper to see if there are any words used over and over again, and then put some question marks by the parts you don't get. With my green-colored pencil? <laughs> sure. I noticed that the word Lord is used a lot in this story, which I think means that God really wanted to be a part of Hannah's life and bringing Samuel into the world. And he cared about one lady crying and praying to him. That's right. We can also learn about God through looking at the choices people in the story made. Since Hannah was the main character, let's talk about her. Well, she didn't choose not to have children, but Penina challenged to make fun of her. When they went up to the tabernacle, Hannah chose to bring her sad feelings to God by praying to him. And then when God did give her a son, Hannah chose to give him to God's work in the tabernacle. That's great, Finn. We'll think about those things again when we talk, when we talk to God about how he wants us to be different and more like him. But first, let's see if you want to put a question mark by anything else that's confusing. You still don't tell me why that guy had two wives in the first place. I know. What else? Why would Panana make fun of Hannah? Could it help it that you couldn't have a baby? Why did it say that Hannah was troubled? Was she in trouble? 
And Violet Hannah sent her son away. Don't you want to be a swarm? Well, Samuel did want to live with the priest. Those are all great questions, Finn. Thank you, God, for the things you've shown us already about how much you cared about Hannah and that you're with us and want to help us as we try to find some answers to our questions. Amen. Okay, so let's start with looking up the word troubled. Oh, can I type it in on dictionary.com? You can if you dry your fins off. I don't want to get water on my keyboard. To the subdimental calm and contentment of worry, distress. I don't know what all those words mean, but I guess I meant it was, she was worried and sad at the same time. You got it, Finn. And why do you think Penina would have made fun of Hannah? Maybe O'Connor liked Hannah better when she was prettier? We don't actually know the answer to that one, and that's okay. We do know what Hannah did after she cried. She decided to go to God with how she felt. So why do you think Hannah sent Samuel to the temple? Well, she promised God in her prayer. And why would she promise something like that? Because Samuel was like a gift God gave to her. So she wanted him to follow and learn about God. The name Samuel actually means God hears or asked of God. My name means blonde warrior, but I don't actually have any hair, even though my whole body is yellow. And we don't actually have warriors under the ocean. But sometimes I like to imagine I'm one. Maybe Samuel missed his mom. Sometimes when he lived with the priests. But later in the story, he actually gets to hear God speak to him. That was Eli the priest calling him. God had a special job for him, and that was pretty cool. I agree, Finn. Can you think of anything else from our story today that shows us what God is going to do later when Jesus comes? Well, Jesus came as a baby just like Samuel, and he heard God's voice and told people how to live, like Samuel did. That's right. And even though Jesus has gone back to heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts and teach us through the Bible until Jesus comes again. So it's even better for us than for Samuel, because we don't have to live in a temple to know God. Isn't that great? To end our time, I want you to take some of your special underwater paper, and we're going to ask God a question and see what he helps you to draw, okay? I got my paper and underwater pencils. Let's pray. Lord, you have showed us so much about who you are in this story from Scripture. What do you want to say to Finn about this story? What encouragement do you have for him? What do you want to show him about yourself? How do you want him to be different? There, that was fun. Can you tell the boys and girls what you drew? Sure, I drew a picture of me crying in my room because my sister Brooke keeps breaking the towers I make off pebbles and stealing my seaweed candy grandma gave me. And is that a person with his arms around you? Yeah, that's Jesus. He's giving me a hug because he knows how I feel. 
And the second picture I drew is me and Brooke playing a bubble game together and laughing. Wow, that's great. Let's thank God for what he showed you. God, you're the best. Thanks for the way you're going to keep helping Finn when his sister is unkind. And next, you'll be with me in my room. And at school. And even when I am having fun with my sister. Amen. I had so much fun with you today, Finn. Can we say some more together next week? I was thinking about that. Why don't you read the book of James, and we'll explore some more next week. Okay, I'm going to listen to it right before I go to bed tonight. See you later, alligator. After a while, crocodile.